This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I am a surrogate and also a surrogacy lawyer. I live in Melbourne with my husband Troy and our two children Archie and Raphael. I've made this podcast to share stories from surrogates and intended parents from all across Australia because I think surrogacy is really interesting, inspiring and uplifting and I wanted to share stories from people in all stages of the journey. In this first episode, I'm going to tell you about myself and my surrogacy journey. The other voice that you'll hear in the background is one of my intended parents, Mike, who is playing interviewer for this episode. I wanted to become a surrogate because a long time ago, my husband and I needed uh, IVF to have our first son, um, Archie, who's nearly eight. And I uh, produced a lot of eggs during IVF, so I thought, well, I might become an egg donor one day. And then a couple of years later, we conceived our second son, Raph, naturally without IVF. And I thought again, after he was born, that I'd like to be an egg donor. And I looked into that and uh, did a bit of research and eventually offered uh, to a couple in Melbourne and went through the IVF process and donated some eggs to them. And that was, well, it was nice, but it was also pretty easy. Um, and then did it again for another couple. But while I was going through the second process, was thinking a lot about being a surrogate because I thought I could do pregnancy and birth again but I actually don't really want another baby and Troy my husband and I were really uh, keen not to have any kids we were quite settled with two kids being um, completing our family and so I thought well if I can't do pregnancy and birth again for my own baby maybe I could do it for somebody else because then you know I get it's win-win they get the baby I get the pregnancy and the birth and I get the joy of watching them be parents so Troy and I talked about it a lot like for months and months and we sort of examined it from every point of view and every scenario because we wanted it to be positive and eventually on I think it was New Year's Eve he and I were chatting about it again and he gave the green light on actually looking for intended parents because by then we'd talked about all the scenarios of who would be our intended parents and what we would be looking for in that relationship and that same day um, a woman called Nellie had posted in the surrogates page on Facebook to say that she couldn't be a surrogate for her intended parents who are a gay couple living in Melbourne and I thought well there's something some synchronicity here to the fact that Troy said yes let's do it and Nellie's posted to say that these guys are looking so I sent a message to Nellie and essentially asked her to play matchmaker to tell me about these guys and see whether they were a match and I was a bit nervous because I'd sort of decided we were going to do it but then what if they turned out to not be a good match how would I you know backpedal and walk away uh, so Nellie did a bit of matchmaking and that's when I met Mike and Nate a couple of weeks later for a coffee and I thought straight away yeah I could do it for these guys um, but Troy hadn't met them and so it was another uh, it was another month or two before they met Troy because we were renovating so he wanted to make sure that the renovations were done mostly before we started a, a new thing uh, but introduced Mike and Nate to the kids and then to Troy and a couple of months after we'd first met I offered to be their surrogate um, so that was uh, about two years ago and yeah so that's how we came about for me being a surrogate um, yeah. So what's it like being a surrogacy lawyer in Australia? <laughs> um, I love the niche. There's not many of us, but it's such an interesting area of law. And my favourite 
is is actually meeting people who are going through the process, whether they're surrogates or intended parents, because the stories are so interesting and I feel so honoured to hear their stories, particularly from intended parents who have gone through often a hard time to get to that point. Nobody sort of volunteers to go through the legal process of surrogacy, but it's, it's necessary. Uh, and I love hearing from the surrogates about what brought them to surrogacy, because often I see myself reflected in them. They're often, their mums like me, they had easy pregnancies and they want to give something back and it's really good to connect with them. Um, so I also just really enjoy the fact that surrogacy law is unlike other parts of family law, which is often litigious and nasty and people not liking each other. So I like doing the surrogacy stuff, knowing that, that most of the time people are actually getting along and that I can hopefully make that process easier and add some benefit to their understanding of it and making sure their relationships are really secure before they go ahead. And I imagine being a surrogate in surrogacy law is a massive advantage too. I think so, um, because I know it from both sides in that regard. I, I know what the legal ticker box stuff needs to happen, but I also know what it's like being the surrogate. So I think I have a realistic expectation of how the law actually works for example, about what can be reimbursed and surrogates' expectations of the process um, and wanting to make sure everyone really understands that before they go ahead. I see a little bit of people sort of jumping in the deep end and hopefully my experience can show them that um, getting to know their intended parents and having a really decent, strong relationship with them is all the better for the outcome that you get at the end. That... Um, surrogacy in Australia in particular is very much about the relationship it's not about the transaction of handing over the baby it's about the relationship that's still there afterwards in terms of how happy the surrogate is and how happy the intended parents are with how everything's gone yeah so what would you think would be the, the number one question that you get from either surrogates or intended parents coming to you as a lawyer um I think sometimes when particularly intended parents uh, first start thinking about surrogacy, they worry that the surrogate will not want to hand over the baby because in Australia there's nothing to enforce that, that when the surrogate gives birth she is actually the legal mother and if she doesn't want to hand over the baby there's not much that the intended parents can do to make that happen. Um, I think some the surrogates and I would probably have a bit of a smirk about that because there's no way that we actually want to keep the baby. We would, if we wanted to have our own baby, we would have our own baby. The joy that we get is actually the handing over. So if you don't hand it over, there's no joy, there's no payoff. So, and, and also in Australia, there's no case that I know of where the surrogate has refused to hand over the baby. Um, so I guess allaying intended parents' fears about that, that actually the surrogate really, really wants to hand over the baby. Um, surrogates, I think, sometimes will ask what happens if they don't take the baby. Um, and in America, I understand that's more likely to happen than uh, the surrogate keeping the baby. It's more likely that the intended parents wouldn't take it. Um, but again, there's no case of the intended parents walking away halfway through a pregnancy and not taking. Um, but it, I think it's good that people think about all of those possible consequences because this is not just having a baby and giving it to somebody, you actually have to think about the baby's rights. Um, that that's the most important. We need to think about what's best for that baby and everyone goes in with eyes wide open about what they're getting themselves into. Do you think there's a lot of confusion about surrogacy law in Australia and 
why people are still going over to, say, North America rather than starting surrogacy in Australia? I think so. A lot of people still think it's illegal. Um, I've had people tell me that it's illegal even when I've done it myself. Um, Partly, I think, because it is certainly illegal in some states to advertise, so people assume then that you can't do it. You can't do it for money in Australia. You can't do commercial surrogacy, but it's certainly very legal and it's becoming more popular to stay in Australia if you can find somebody to do it for you. Um, and I think also maybe that because you can go overseas and pay for it, then it becomes a market that people can actually go over and find somebody, pay them and get what they want out of it. Whereas in Australia, you've sort of got to find that elusive needle in a haystack, somebody that's willing to do it and not be paid, um, that it makes it hard, yeah. But it is, like I said, it's becoming more popular as people see that it's actually a lovely thing to do and that money is not the reason to do it. So what would someone need to do to sort of start that process and when would they sort of talk to someone like you to get um, legal advice? So... Often my first advice is that depending on their circumstances, they speak to a fertility specialist about their options to make embryos, whether it's with their own eggs and sperm or whether they need donors involved. Uh, and then they don't usually need a lawyer involved until they've created embryos or at least started that process because, and the clinics will direct them as to when they see a lawyer. Um, but as long as they've seen a lawyer before they start trying to conceive and that applies to traditional surrogacy as well because if you try conceiving a baby and you haven't done the legals and the counselling then it's not actually surrogacy it's more like an informal adoption and you can find yourself in a bit of trouble there because you can't get a parentage order unless you've done the legals and the counselling before conception so unfortunately the because of the lack of information out there about it I I know some people are just trying to conceive a baby without thinking about what's going to happen afterwards. You really need to start the process before conception takes place um, because you run the risks of the authorities not being too happy about you handing over a baby. So assuming that everything's gone to process and everything's fine, what's it look like at the end of that process from the legal perspective about changing parentage? Um, so it's a little bit different in each state, but generally speaking, baby's born and the surrogate and her partner go on the birth certificate as the legal parents. Um, that's because there's a presumption that the woman that birthed the baby is the legal parent and if she has a partner then they are also the legal parent and that's across Australia. Um, and so the birth certificate has her and the partner listed as parents but they can put the baby's name whatever the intended parents choose. And then when they get the birth certificate, they can lodge an application in their state court to have parentage transferred from the surrogate to the intended parents. And that's essentially a lot of paperwork. And then a hearing takes place. Uh, here in Victoria, that's a hearing where we would actually all be sitting in the, the room with the judge for that order to be made. And then the order gets sent uh, to births, deaths and marriages, and they issue a new birth certificate with the intended parents on it as, as the parents. Um, which is lovely, but it also means that when baby grows up, uh, once they've reached 18, they can start applying for details of what else is on that record so they can find out details about their donors and the surrogate as well um, because these days we recognise that they're right to know about their genetic heritage and um, who was their surrogate is really important to their identity. Um, so it's all recorded at births, deaths and marriages, even if their birth certificate has their intended parents on it. So as a surrogate, um, what support is there for you in the community? We've essentially created our own support. 
you can access counsellors either linked through the clinics or there's private counsellors that do surrogacy law or donation law. Um, I guess one of the problems with counsellors is that unless they really know surrogacy and donation, then they don't really know how to support somebody. Like if I went and spoke to a counsellor who had never dealt with surrogacy before, the risk is that they think that I might be emotional or grieving or unwell because I gave away my baby rather than understanding the nuance of what surrogacy is. Um, but the the community that we've created with other surrogates has built a real sisterhood that we look out for each other and we can give advice to each other and support each other. And some of that came about because uh, certainly when I joined a few years ago, there was a lot of negative stories about surrogacy and they didn't all hit the headlines, but there were surrogates who had not had good experiences. And so we've worked really hard to make that a positive um, support system for ourselves because we don't have agencies. Overseas, you might find agencies and IVF clinics who offer that support for surrogates where they give them counselling and they give them that sense of community with other surrogates. We don't have that here, so it's all voluntary. It's all just us on Facebook supporting each other. Um, and we've even got a Surrogacy Sisterhood Day in June at the Surrogacy Conference where it's just going to be surrogates supporting each other, which is lovely. Yeah. So now you've gone through this process um, as a surrogate and a surrogate lawyer, was it everything that you expected? I think having worked through our expectations eventually, it was that and more, probably because we adjusted our expectations along the way. We worked really hard, I think, as a team, Troy and I had worked so hard before on working out what we wanted to get out of it and how we were going to get it, and then working with Mike and Nate to make sure we were all on the same page. I think the key was communication, but also knowing that the relationship was the, the biggest thing that we wanted out of it at the end. If there was no, if we'd never been able to conceive a baby, we still wanted the friendship. Um, and that there was, the, there's often a rush, I guess. Everyone wants to rush into surrogacy and rush into making a baby because we've all got other things we want to be doing, surrogates included. We don't want to be hanging around waiting for a pregnancy for years. Um, but that putting in the time and the patience really pays off. Um, and, yeah, we were, we were very happy that we'd worked so hard and that we got what we wanted, I think, yeah. That was the first episode of the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you would like to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook and at sarahjefford.com.